What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome to the V-Twin Life here on YouTube. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what fuels our passion, why you enjoy it so much. V-Twin Life is brought to you by these two great companies, Crashing Clothing and Wild Ass Seats. Hey, you want to add some comfort to your ass when you're out riding, whether you're a 400 mile guy or maybe a guy that's pushing a thousand plus or female rider for that matter, hey, check out wild-ass.com and add some comfort to your ass. Can't forget Crashing Clothing, that Northwest brand out of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, these guys got a lot of great stuff from t-shirts to hats, raincoats, you name it. Hey, they can get you covered. Check out CrashingClothing.com. Now, let's dive into another milepost of the V-Twin life. Hey, second time's a charm. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I, I make all things run poorly. There we go. What's up, everybody? Hey, welcome back to another mile post of the V Twin Life. Like it says, you know, we're about talking motorcycles, why we enjoy it so much, and, and the fun we have riding. And figure, you know, he's been around for a while. I became a pretty big fan of his channel. You know, the monkey does a lot of riding in a great place where he, he gets the weather. So I figured, hey, why not? You know, shoot him a message and get his background of why he uh, why he fell in love with life on two wheels. So hey, welcome to the show, there, Mister Professional Monkey. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for you know taking time and with your schedule. I know you do a seem pretty busy with your job. I've you know, I was following along and you do a lot of traveling and always on the go. So, you know, thank you for uh for coming hanging out. Oh, anytime, man. It's it's the travel hasn't been as much these last two years. <laughs> That's kind of slowed down quite a bit, but uh I've only I left the country for the first time in December. Uh, last year I went to Argentina and, and uh, the funny thing is when I was doing these videos and having a lot of fun doing it, I, I kind of thought to myself, wow, um, when I start traveling, people really get a kick out of that. They're going to, you know, they're going to love that because you see me, this dumbass, you know, going to, I go to far off places. I go to Asia a lot and stuff. And I thought, well, I'll do videos when I travel. People really be into that. I went to Argentina and no one could give a shit. <laughs> like, like, like I, I, they were like the worst videos I ever did. And that was like tango dancers and shots in a bar. I'm like, never mind. I, I just won't do that anymore, you know, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> so, actually, you know, here's one one question I thought the other day. When you do this international travel, you're in some of these other places, do you ever get a chance to, you know, like rent a bike, kind of explore? Or you work tend to keep you too busy to, to get out and explore some of those countrysides you get to travel to? I, I would, I'd like to. Um, I'm trying to figure out how in the future I can do that because my travels for work. And so when I get there, I'm pretty much on a schedule from the time I land to the time I leave. I've never built in extra time at all. And maybe moving forward, I'll build in a day and I'll, you know what I mean? I'll try and figure out to get a bike. There's also that like ballsy factor of, uh, uh, I mean, Vietnam, I'm not going to try and ride a Harley in Vietnam. Their bikes are all the size of the back of my hand and, and, they know how it works. They're like an anthill over there. And I would just go through an intersection and kill 12 people. You know what I mean? Just, you know, taking a bunch of bikes. Up. So I, I, there, there's that sort of like, how gutsy are you? Um, mm -hmm. I would try it in certain countries, but a lot of my trips are to places that are, that are, excuse me, um, less developed. We'll just say. So okay. they're, so they're a little like, not, not so much, you know, like that, that I would get on a bike there, but it's tempting. Yeah. So where, you know, where motorcycles come into life for you? You know, what got you, what got you going on two wheels? It's my dad's fault. Um, I can never in my life remember a time that my father didn't have a motorcycle until I grew up and I had one and then he didn't for a while. Like other than that, my entire childhood, there was just a sea of motorcycles in the garage. So my dad, uh, after he got home from Vietnam, um, went in the construction business and then after a little while, somehow he went into the insurance, but like, you know, one of those guys back from war trying to figure out who he is and what he's going to do. And he ended up in the car business. And a side effect of being in the car business is you end up people trading stuff in on cars and it would be sometimes a motorcycle and, and he would just buy it. So we would often have a couple bikes in the garage. Um, not all of them nice. Some of them, some of them really crappy old $300 Japanese bikes that he would pick up and then maybe fix one thing 
tweak this there and then sell it on and maybe, you know, a little side money, you know, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. buying these bikes that, because a car dealer doesn't want it. A car dealer in, in, in does not want a 1975 CB750. You know, you or I would be like, yeah, I'd like to have that as a toy, but they don't I want it. That's just garage. a pain on the books. I don't want to deal with it. You know, and, and my dad would come along and say, well, I know we gave him 500 bucks for it. I'll give you the 500 back. And the dealer's like, done, get it out of here. You know, so a lot of old, old Japanese bikes were bought that way. Uh, and then uh, it was in the in the early mid 80s that he finally went all in and bought his first Harley. Uh, and it was a uh, uh, it was a Sportster, uh, Sportster 1200. And. I remember that bike and in a lot of my childhood. Uh, I remember going to Doc's Harley Davidson in St. Louis at the time was a cinder block building back before they became Gucci. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they were when they were just these crappy old shacks that you would buy your stuff at. And I remember going into Doc's uh, and and the parts would be on the floor and on the wall. And they were all like a piece of chrome like shrink wrapped to a piece of cardboard and the cardboard was white. And I can remember vividly, the, but they were printed on an orange and it would have like the, 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 the barn shield on it and a part number. And then you would think this is the right part for the bike. And then you'd go up to the counter and they would check and go, yeah, that, that fits that bike. And it could be a Chrome battery cover or whatever. And then we'd go home and we would put that part on dad's old sporty. Uh, and then I remember the excitement of him putting a deposit on, the the new Sportster that was coming out, someone will correct me, either 89 or 90, the Sportster got a belt drive and B, a fifth gear, because ours was a four-speed chain drive. And he put a deposit, it was during the two-year waiting list, and then uh, his buddy, he got to be really tight with the guy who owned the dealership, and he called him and said, hey, we had a dude that had a 1200 Sporty on order, and uh, he came in and he couldn't get his financing order or something in order or something like that, so he said, if you want a red one, you can have a red one, dad over black. And uh, dad was like, I'll take it if it's pink, you know, I, so I was away two years, you know, and it, I remember it was ruby red and we called it ruby. It was a metallic dark red, real pretty color. They made all the bikes the same colors back then. You could get like ruby red on anything. And uh, that's the one we took to Sturgis for the first time. Or was it? Anyway, so I'm trying to think if we asked about the black one person, but um, that's the one I remember the most. We put a lot of miles on that ruby red sports 1200 and. We're, we're, we're wrenching on it every weekend, adding some little chrome bit somewhere, going on a hog ride, going to a hog rally, taking it to Sturgis, going to some little rally in Missouri, you know, something like that. And that was the bike that I basically grew up with was that Ruby Red Sporty. Uh, yeah. And then I got my own bike for the first time. I started on a CB750 and then I had a Honda Shadow. And then I had, I, I said, well, I, I, you know, I only got so much money. I'll buy a crotch rocket because that was like, you could buy what was considered a cool crotch rocket for a lot less money than you could the most basic Harley. You know what I mean? Like six grand bought a YZF 600R, you know, years ago, maybe it's five grand years ago, yeah, which there. was a great little bike. But I couldn't even buy a used 883 for that, you know, at that time, sporty. So I, I, I rode jet bikes and then I graduated to the R1 and then I had a Roadstar Warrior and then I had, uh, uh, what the hell else I have? <laughs> a couple other things and then finally i bought my first harley in 2004 and uh other than my indian debacle of uh uh 2016 where i tried to be an indian owner for 18 months that's that's it i'm harley davidson that's it i was always a fan of the old the roadstar warrior for, for a while i really wanted to pick one up i just had that you know that muscle look and those roadstars and you get a good set of pipes on them they sounded impressive that was a great bike. I, I, my wife and I were talking about this today. Mrs. Monkey was on the channel all the time. We had this discussion today where I think there's a level of, of Harley Davidson loyalty where you don't even say that sucks. This sucks. Everything's not a Harley sucks. I think that's like mid-level Harley loyalty. When you go all in, you just sort of go, I, 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 other bikes are fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, they're not for me. I'm not going to own it. I'm a Harley guy. It's all I'm ever going to own. But you're not going to talk down on anything else. The Roadstar Warrior is a freaking fantastic motorcycle. It's so much handles like hell. It's brutally powerful. It's got a great sound. It's a good bike. Like, I get dudes all the time, young dudes, message me and go, would I be made fun of if I bought a Roadstar? And I'm like, not by me. They're cool. No. Get one. Like, they're they're a good deal, you know. Although prices up are on them now. I mean, uh, yeah. a, a good Warrior in good shape. I, I Have I seen them for less than 10? 
I mean, like they're they're all the money, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, even some of the old road stars. Yeah, I know my uh, middle son. He's been eyeballing them, and you know, he'll get messages from, "Hey, check this! I found this one on Facebook Place." And man, they're great bikes. And you know, same way, it's like you know, we all ride, we all want to enjoy the road. Just you know, sure, some guys are gonna want a Harley. Hey, I want this, I want that. But there's also that thing of living within your means. You know, if you can't afford that right now, but you can. Hey, I found a great deal on you know this Vulcan or like we're talking this Roadstar. Hey, there's nothing wrong getting you get at enjoy the road down the road hey things turn around you can get the you know the bike you want but you know so many people whether it's your first second bike it's not always going to be your dream bike but get what you can enjoy the road and you live within the means of it i it's it, exactly and i and i was just thinking the other day how i and i saw a video on this and i cannot remember what channel it is and i feel bad because it was I, I, don't, I don't think it was jix or foo i can't remember who it was they did a whole video on the death of the power bike the power cruiser because that was that was kind of a golden age that early 2000 you had the roadstar warrior then you had the the kawasaki no the vulcan 2000 the kawasaki mean streak the 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 you know what i mean like you had yeah. all these bikes the vtx first came out it was a really great time to be a young rider because there were a lot of badass super powerful japanese cruisers out there that you could buy and didn't have to feel like less of a man for riding down the road because it wasn't a yeah. Harley because, you know. Yeah, look at like the uh, the Suzuki Boulevard, the M109. God, that M109 was, was another one, yeah. Yeah. And they were just brutally powerful. We had 110 pounds of torque, brand new, for thousands less than a Harley that didn't have as much power at the time. So. Yeah, and it came with the factory. I think, what, like a 240 rear tire? God, it was fat. Mm-hmm. They're badass bikes, and uh, oh yeah, and you could even—they were fairly simple. So, like my Warrior, I I I I remember taking the the license plate mount under the fender, and taking it off and lobbing off the end, turning it sideways and bolting it up to the swing arm, and converting it to a side mount, uh, a swing arm mount license plate, and and then it was even able to retain the lights that came with it. Like it was such a simple design that you could kind of do little you know chopper esque kind of moves on it. For nothing, if you had a vice, a hammer, and could weren't afraid to cut something, and could you know splice wires back together, you could do some cool stuff. And Kuriakin used to make lights that had the same thread pattern, so you could lob off the big ugly uh, turn signals and actually thread them into mm -hmm. the fender stays. And you could do all kinds of really cool stuff on those bikes for very little money. You know, when I sold mine was cerulean silver with flames. Like I can remember the name of the color. It was dark gray with the silver flames. And when I sold it, the guy who bought it, he bought it for his son. He's like, so are you a chopper builder or something? And I was just like, no, I'm a dumb shit with a vice. <laughs> I got 10 snips. Like, you know, because like, I, because he's seen all the stuff I've done to the bike. I'm like, no, man, just grow a pair and make it awesome. You know, like. Yeah. You know, spend the time making yours, do the little things. I mean, I did that. I used to have a Suzuki Boulevard and did. I took off the big bulky turn signals and went with the small little, uh, actually, I think they were Kiriak and the red bullets. Put the bullets yeah. on the back of it and. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, for uh, for getting into a bike, the Boulevard series was very affordable, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of it, like you know the C fifty ninety, I think part of it they kept their cost down. Is, I mean, the fenders were plastic, you know, kind of oh, did some things that kind of keep keep price down and made the bikes very affordable. But fuck, it ran great. I put a ton of miles on it. Yeah, you got to be careful with some of the excessive plastic. I, a guy emailed me the other day saying, "Hey." I really, I think I'm going to buy a Honda Fury. And, and I said, look, I, I, you do you boo boo. You know, you buy whatever bike you want. I'm like, but that bike's plastic factor is a whole lot higher than the Yamaha Raider. You know, like the, the Yamaha Raider has, doesn't have plastic valve covers on the motor. The Honda Fury has a plastic motor. The valve covers are plastic on the top of the motor. And like and and the, the fenders are of course, and I'm like, they're tr they're going after the same thing. And I told him, I said, I don't know what the price difference is. You know, I'm I'm just letting you know that don't just go buy one of them thing. Go look at the Yamaha because it had the I think the Yamaha had a hundred and it's a one thirteen motor or something like, and it's a, just a much better built there. bike if that's what you're after. Even if it's twenty percent more, like buy that Raider. Don't buy, don't don't buy the Fury. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you can get the style you want. I mean, for me, it's, I mean, they were cool, but I just, 
I enjoyed more getting out to, you know, touring and traveling. That's what I would, you know, went with the, I had the C50, but then I basically turned it into the team Autobot bags, you know, the windshield and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of set it up for, you know, weekend trips and enjoying it. Cause for me, that's, that's what I enjoy. You know, my dad's one of my best riding partners and, you know, we enjoy doing, you know, the weekend getaways when we can. And, you know, now my boys are planning on it and it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. The C50, was that not the same? They used to call it the Volusia or was that a different bike? Yeah. No, it that was, was the Volusia. Volusia then they, I think it was 04. They rebranded it. And then that's when they went to the Boulevard lineup. You had, what was it? The S lineup, the C and the M. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, the C50 was at uh, 805. Then you had the 90 was the 1500. The uh, a good friend of ours had had a Volusia, and uh, um, uh, we used to do the maintenance on her bike uh, sometimes from time to time. And I and I remember thinking like, what a damn good bike! Because I remember what she she didn't pay much for it, and it was just it was perfect. It was the most reliable bike in our crowd. <laughs> and she had like, like nothing in it. Like it was it was it was great. So. Brian oh, there was some cheap, you know, free little mods you could do that, you know, it, you know, like I said, if you're not afraid to break out the drill, but what they called the Mickey, you know, drill out the baffles and you put five, you know, half inch holes down through the backing plate of the exhaust and you could get down to the baffle. It actually opened up the sound a little bit. There were some, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different form boards you could get on and do, you know, some little, Little a little bit more. I mean, it wasn't going to make an astronomical amount of horsepower difference, but you can get a little bit more sound out of it than you know spending the money for you know new pipes and everything mm -hmm. else. I remember the, the 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 your dad rides too, and you grew up around him, so I know you know that the, the 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 days of changing your exhaust aren't. I don't want to say they're not that old because. You did change your exhaust back in the 80s, too, but knocking out baffles was something you did way more often than actually changing the pipes. Correct. You know what I mean? Like that, that was, you yeah. would take the, I remember on the, on all the Harley 80s, except for the, the, the touring bikes, they had the, you know, they came out of the motor down and they had two mufflers and there was that cross, that cross pipe that went right in front of the middle of the motor. Ugliest thing on earth if you look at it today, but, yep. but it was kind of the original idea of, you know, uh, scavenging, you know, you connected the two head pipes. But you took the mufflers off, and a buddy held it while you took a piece of something, a pry bar or something, and you just freaking not because the baffles back then were just these like leaves that were bent out on the inside. It wasn't like a sleeve with all the stuff, and so you could just hammer yeah, them it. flat, and and then you had a you had a straight pipe, and mm -hmm. most bikes were rolling around with stock pipes on them with just the baffles knocked out for for most of the, the my childhood at least. You didn't start changing pipes out until. Unless you had a bunch of money, then you could change the pipes. And then it yeah. was only like, what, there were like three companies that made pipes back then. It wasn't like today where there's, a, you know, seems like seems like there's hundreds of them, you know. Oh, I know. It's the, the amount of them today is insane. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, I can remember taking, I think it was like a masonry, but actually it was because I got one that was 24 inches long. So I could go all the way down through the pipe and, you know, did the old Mickey baffle on the old Suzuki and. It worked great, and then I ended up getting a set of Cobra Slash Cuts for Christmas from my sister-in-law because her husband had the bike but then got rid of it, but they still had the pipes in the garage. She's like, here, Merry Christmas. I'm like, fucking awesome. <laughs> That's cool. They're, yeah, they're talking about the great. STs inside. Um, I, I, I'd like to really get my hands on one of those because I, I have a couple of theories on those new ST bikes, this, this the Street Glide and the Rogue Glide ST. So... When they say, oh, it's a lifted suspension for better turn angles, I, I only because I'm, I'm always uh, skeptical of marketing, right? So whenever I see something, I'm like, how did they do this? What was the thing? And I'm like, did they just take ultra shocks <laughs> and put it on there and that lifted it an inch? Because, the, you know, the, the ultra limited shocks are one inch longer than the, than the regular mm -hmm. road glide and tree glide shocks. And they ride higher for the extra weight. And I'm like, is that what they, is that what they really did? <laughs> Like they just put the longer shocks on it, lifted an inch ago for performance and lean angle. Like I, you know, I'm just curious. If that's what that was, or and the one seventeen well, motor. Yeah, and it's then, just you know the talk. You're watching the video, and they're talking about you know, oh hey, you know the upgrade Olin suspension. There could come with this, and you know me and Brian when we were talking about last week, you got to go through the catalog. Well, that's actually an option, but the way yeah. to me, the way they presented was more like, uh, oh, these are going to come this way, but yeah, not so much the case. Yeah. They have the 117 and they have a one inch taller shock. 
I think I think that's and the style and a lot of the styling. But I mean the one in the one seventeen, the funny thing is I think if you had a 114, if someone went to a dealer and paid to have a 117 kit put in their bike, they would be insane. Like, like, why, why would you do that? Like the 117 to a 114, it's just, it's really nominal. The difference between the two, it's, there's not a lot of difference there in power and torque. You just put, you just put a 124, 128, 130, you know, whatever, but not, you know, anyway. A rogue glass isn't it? I think it all depends, you know, how uh, how far do you want to go down that rabbit hole? You know, how, how yeah. deep is your pockets for what you want to get? For me, it's all about stage two. I think I don't think it's about changing out cylinders. You know, it's it's no because it's, uh, I yeah go ahead. I would just say like the, the the you get more power that way. I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. It does, but for me, someone who is uh, not made of money, you know. I would get one. What's going to give me the most power per dollar investment? And while it's still not cheap, stage two is where it's at. Put an ice cam in it, a good tune on it, and and you're going to get lots lots more power and torque for your fifteen hundred or two grand, you know, investment versus thousands of dollars to get another ten percent. You know, like it's just it's just to me, it's not worth it. But well, and, and my, you know, thoughts of the, you know, I agree exactly what you're saying, but I also want to, you know, look at the part of longevity. You start going mm-hmm. bigger and bigger and, you know, then you start boring out cylinders and all this, you know, I, you're going to take some of the longevity out of the motor where, you know, I'm right with you. Go with the stage two, you know, healthy cam, good, you know, whether you a nice set of slip-ons, a good tune intake and ride it and ride it yeah. all the time and, you know, pay attention to your maintenance. Keep up on, you know, the, you know, your oil changes. Just pay attention to your maintenance, and that bike's going to treat you good. But mm-hmm. you start going above and beyond, well, then, you know, you might not have that thing around as long. But, hey, yeah. that, that's my opinion. There's other people that want it. As the pistons hey. are just rattling around inside there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you kind of lost some performance after a while when they're just slapping the sides of the jugs like as it's running, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's what Stetzer Pennant said that uh, Stage 2, Moonshine Stage 2, puts down the same as his Harley Bill 131. And I'm curious, like Setzer's bike, is it is it a Harley 131 kit off the shelf, their tuner, that? Or is it is there what's what's going on in there? Because uh, my my best pal down here just, just bought, it just ordered a brand new 22. Not ordered, it's there. But he's putting a 131 in it before he even brings it home. And it's it's going to be all Harley Harley one thirty one nothing nothing aftermarket because he's trying to do the whole preserve the warranty for two years thing. Um, yeah. But I'm like, oh cool. And when I went and looked it up, I'm like, he's still going to like 120 horse and 130 pounds of torque, I think, in that kit. And the wife's bike is a 117, just tuned well with a okay with a uh, uh, a, a, an SNS four seventy five cam in it. And the bike's like 120 horse and 123 pounds of torque. So, yes, it's a 117, but there's not much there. So for like seven, six or seven grand, you get seven more pounds of torque. Like that, you know that that, that just seems nuts to me, you know. And no, I agree. One one little dig at the at those those kits. I haven't said this to Joe; it'll kill me. Um, they still have a horsepower cam in them. So you can have that big motor build and all that stuff, and the bikes sound very quiet to me, very calm. They don't, you know, because they typically have like Harley's exhaust on it, which is never sounds as good as the the the, the what the uh, the tab like setup we put on the wife's bike. And, and with a good cam, the bike will have that good Evo lope and all that stuff. And you just don't get that. Those one thirty one motors sound slow, even though they're fast. You know, like and to me, you got to have. I want some rumble. I want that thing to sound like it's gonna die any minute. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm curious to hear because my dad's got a 19 road glide, and I mean the weather up here's been crappy, but he just put in a a new cam in his, a set of Vance and Hines True Duels, mm-hmm. new programmer, new intake, and had the whole thing done. But it's like he hasn't even had a chance to get it out right. He's like started in the garage. It sounded impressive, but yeah, he's yet to actually be able to get it and check it out firsthand, just because you know, unfortunately, our weather up here in Washington just hasn't been rider friendly lately. 
What um uh what cam did he put it in? I don't remember yeah. which one. I'm curious. Yeah, if you did the Harley one, they they, they perform well, but they, they just don't have that sound. You have to go more aggressive. And there's something about Harley. Oh, you're texting him. <laughs> and yeah. there's something about Harley. Um, uh, and there could be an EPA thing, and that's why the Harley cams sound like that. I don't know. You know, that's out of my above my pay grade, but um it, it could be limitations of what they can do as an OEM manufacturer, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, the, so Lori's saying that the nostalgia bike, I'm sorry, the, the, the what do they call it? Revival bike could be, icon collection bike, could be a nostalgia soft tail. So, like, do you, you, are you thinking, Lori, they're just going to make, like, a deluxe and then call it part of a special collection? <laughs> that, that'd be kind of funny. They just came out with, like, the all special something something icon collection and it's just a deluxe from like two years ago. <laughs> but if it's yeah, a little bit of rebadging. If you did, in my in my opinion, a nostalgic bike, if you did a like a soft tail standard or soft tail custom, you know, the bobtail fender, the skinny 21 up front, longer rake, like they built they where well, they killed that in oh seven, oh eight. Something like that, you know. They killed the the, the old soft tail standard or custom. Bring that thing back; it'd be cool, you know. Yeah. And some of those, I don't know. You get to some of the heritage. I'm just not a, a big fan of some of the the contours and whatnot. But you know, my I know my brother's building the pretty. He's put a bunch of money into his heritage. He went with the whole cholo look. Yeah. The 21. He's got the big old Samson fishtails on it. I think it's loud as shit. I, mine is uh, the first part of my new body conversion, which sounds like an after-school special. Um, just came uh, a couple of days ago. So my my 14 Heritage is a stock 103 motor, stock cams and all that stuff, but I have the Cobra fishtails on it. I have a 21-inch fat spoke in the front and 18-inch fat spoke on the rear. And uh, the uh, um, I have the new body here. Well, the, the, the tank anyway. Tank is here. Got new fenders coming. And it's going to be, it'll be pretty badass. It's, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be probably, hopefully the rest of the parts will be here this week and then I can get it done by next week. So unlike a decent YouTube channel, there will be no dramatic waiting. I'll just like do it and do a video on it that day. Like I, I watch channels sometimes <laughs> and I'm like, there's so much better at this shit. They'll like do a video and go coming in nine months, this reveal of this and then like little flashes and all this other like sort of marketing stuff. Whereas I go, isn't this shit cool? Put it on the bike, done. Like, I don't do any of that, like, marketing promotional stuff about it. Like, ah, whatever. But no, no. Yeah, somebody's I, I got something rock new. Me. I don't want to wait. What's that? It's like, I got something new. I don't want to wait. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't like to do dramatic buildups. Like, you know, it's here. Isn't this cool? You know, like, the, uh, yeah. uh, like, riding is like a rocker seat. No, riding with, with Sager. Google, like, uh, Harley Softail Standard. And that's what I'm talking about. That would be cool for him to bring back, but I don't know. Buffalo I think said the icon bring back. bike, the Elvis Elvis bike. Isn't that what the revival was? That was basically the Elvis bike, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think you had to bring back like the Electrolyte standard. You know, there's so many people that they want to do. I thought they went away from it. No, it's still there. Okay. I was wrong. I thought they got rid of it. They brought it back in 20 or 20, and it's still there in 22. I, I, that was one of the bikes I saw. Like, did they get rid of that? Because I really like that bike. I think the other guy at Standard is like, I, I want to do it. I'm a I'm a decent shade tree mechanic, and, you know, I'm going to do it on the weekends, and I'm going to do my own stuff. Then buy one. Those suckers are 300 bucks cheaper, by the way, than a Road King. A Road King costs $300 more than Electrolyte Standard because the Electrolyte Standard doesn't have a chrome motor. Doesn't have a back doesn't seat. Doesn't have all the electronics in your fairing. Right, it's just a fairing with gauges yep. in it. But three hundred dollars cheaper with a fairing. Like I, you know, to me, I think the electric glide's a great deal, and you just start building your own thing. You know. That's my dad said he went with a woods cam. No, oh, those are good. The that's what uh, Blacked Out Bandit did. The what the woods they do their numbering differently. Yeah. So I think that he's like WM8222 or something is the one that Blacked Out put in his bike. And me, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I know 475, 468, you know, like that, that, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. See, it's like mine. I got the, the 252 gear driven cams in my 88 when I mm -hmm. went to the, to the 95, got the, you know, the slip ons, tune intake, and 
a little bit. And you know what? I'm happy as hell with it. It does, it does fine. And I've yeah. ridden the shit out of it. Probably sounds good too. It does. It's about time for some new mufflers, though. They're they're starting to show their wear, but I'd like to get just go to the I can't decide if I want to do the two into one or do the true duels. Because for me, it's like with a bagger, it's just I like the dual exhaust. You, you know, it's just that look of the way it's been forever. And I know they say you get more performance, you go the two into one, but it's like, man, I just don't know if I'm born to do it. My my wife is obsessed with symmetry. A bike must have two pipes or none in the back. Like it's got to be for her. It's, like I have a side pipe on my ultra, a, a shorty turnout and my mm-hmm. bags and rear end is stretch, but no cutouts. It's a, it's a lobbed off straight cutout. The Evan black zero, like, you know, da, da, no cutouts. That's fine. But she's like, like two into ones doesn't like it. Cause it's only got a pipe on one side and it should have a pipe on both sides. But you like what exactly what you just said. So, yeah, uh, you know, hers has got to have two. It's got to have dual, you know, pipes on the back. The the one of them can be fake. So if you do a two into one, she says you have to do a ghost yeah. pipe so that at least it's even. I'm like, I couldn't roll around with a fake exhaust pipe on my bike. I just like, I just, at the heart of it, you have a fake exhaust pipe on your motorcycle. I can't do that, you know? Yeah. The, yeah. The dummy pipe under the, the left uh-huh. side. Mm-mm, can't do it. No. I understand why you would. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And then that's kind of where I'm at. It's like, you know, I, I want to do it, but it's like, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Gonna have to wait and see. I might go back to 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 duels later. Like I'm I'm redoing my ultra also. I'm doing my ultra and my soft tail at the same time. Uh they're actually gonna match. See, I give things away. I don't care. They're actually gonna end up like <laughs> matching the same color. Um and I have a two into one turnout on the ultra, but I've thought about ever since we put those pipes on the wife's bike, it sounds so good. She's got a tab two into one and a two, their head pipe, and then 50 cal slip-ons with zombie baffles. And that bike oh, nice. sounds so good that I'm like, well, I'm gonna do this bike now with what I've got coming, right? But I want to maybe do a rear end swap again in the future for dual cutouts and put the same pipe she's got, but only if I can do a cam at the same time and do my own stage two. So it sounds right. Yeah, that, that might not be bad. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I like it here. Oh, hide a nitrous bottle. Yeah, right. <laughs> That would work. <laughs> Heck yeah. And if that bottle wants to blow out, it'll actually eject straight behind you and won't, you'll be fine. You'll be totally fine. The fireballs at the bike behind you. Yeah. <laughs> so now you also a guy that likes to get out and enjoy, you know, traveling on two wheels, you know, take off for a weekend trip or maybe even longer. The I have to plan my trips because of working because our, our little one's only nine years old. Oh, so, okay. uh, when they're that little, and everyone in the side chat knows this, even though she's not a baby, it's still, you know, they're at your side all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they're not old. She's not even old enough to stay alone by herself at home for a few hours. She's still with us all the time. And uh, with the, the organization we're both a member of, uh, the wife is a, a patch as well. It becomes real challenging. Like we take turns, like we've got something coming up. She gets to go to that, and I don't because I stay with the little one unless my mother-in-law can watch her. It's just this whole thing because we are 60 miles from our next closest relative. So it's like that's a whole pain. But what we do is we plan the year out. So uh, I've gone to Sturgis every year the last several years, and so that's a long time. That's Actually, I'm away from the house about two weeks. So I'm gone that time. Uh, I don't ride it because I have an RV, and – even though people like to talk smack, if you own an RV, you'll take the RV. <laughs> That's just how that works. You're not, you're, you're, you know, no one's going to be like, oh, screw that. I'm going to ride and leave that thing that you make a payment on every month at home. That'd be just stupid. So you're going to, you're going to take the RV. And then when you get up there, you, you ride like crazy as long as you're there. So we may not ride up there, but we put on close to 2000 miles in a week while we're there. And to do that in the black Hills where the average speed is like 45 miles an hour, is a lot of riding all day, every day for two weeks, you know, for, I mean, for two, for a week. So. Well, and not having to wait in line for, you know, a restroom or, you know, hike for a shower and everything else when you got it right there. 
Why not? And when it's – this year it was damn near 100 degrees during Sturgis. So you get back to your – your. we were talking about this last year, how, how much we love this rig because you go out and you ride all day. You're sticky. You're dirty. You're just worn out. And you're pulling into the Buffalo chip. Do I want to go to my rig that has air conditioning and a TV and Netflix and a bathroom and my own shower or a tent where I'm still freaking hot and sweaty? There's nothing I can do about it. And you're just going to sit there with the dirt sticking to you, you know, when you get off the bike. So uh, I, I, I like my rig. It's it's great. Um, so yeah. Uh, Dustin, does, it, does adding a heavy breather on a 103 add much power? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. If you if you have a stock breather, adding anything that's not a stock breather does. Not a ton of power, but a little bit. But you got to tune it. But if you already have like a, a screaming eagle intake, and then you change it to a heavy breather, not zero, none. Like it's it's just we've said that in the video before, and and it's I know it's hard to kind of get your head around, but it either is a performance intake or it isn't. It's not like, oh, this one's, you know, oh, it's 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 so little if you find one that's really like SNS has that new dual cone one. It's got like two cones that go into one that go into the motor and a whole deal. That might be good for a horse, you know, like Maybe. that more than, but, you know, I don't know. You can't get one anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay, but it looks cool, you know. Oh, it looks real. I want to put one on the wife's bike, but you can't, I, I, you can't get one. I mean, like, you can't buy one. They've been out of stock. They came out. They were all sold out, and they've been gone for six months. You can't get one now. See, I had a buddy. It wasn't the – not the S&S, but uh, I don't remember what brand. Came down, you only had the cone filter on and got stuck in a horrible rain rainstorm. Oh, do And Matt about killed his bike because taking it, he didn't have the sock for it. And, mm -hmm. oh, it started taking all the water in. Yeah, it was a hell of a time. Even with a sock, the water will get past that sock eventually. Oh, yeah. If you're in a bad enough storm. The, uh, we were riding over to, to to Fort Myers for a thing with a, you know one of the organization, and it was me and the misses and misses on her heritage, and Olaf was leading on his his road glide, and I was on the CVO still before the wife stole it from me, and the CVO at that point still had its stock intake, and the stock CVO intake is that snorkel, mm -hmm. you know it comes out turns and goes forward, nice big cone right out front, and it rained so hard. That we're rolling along in a bike. Ah, ah, ah. I'm actually starting to, the bike's starting to, you know, die out on me. The stereo is changing stations because there's so much water rolling oh, over the screen. Jesus. It thinks that someone's pressing buttons. And and eventually we, there are, and the, the bad thing is there are no overpasses between here and Fort Myers. You're taking Alligator Alley, which is a divided four lane, a hundred miles across the state. It's just, it's just, and there's just nothing. There's maybe a gas station. You know, that kind of thing. And we found like the one overpass it was most of the way there. And we sat there laughing hysterically because I was just wearing like Ray-Ban glasses like I always do. Water's rolling into my eyeballs. I, I'm now completely blind. The bike's dying. The stereo's playing Christmas music or something like that because it was doing <laughs> weird crap in the rain. Like, you know, anyway, so. Good times. Yeah. Dustin, you know so that yeah, if you have a stock intake, then, then any kind of intake will do better, but you got to tune it. Maybe change the intake. It's like times like that. They suck at the moment, but in the end, the next day or even an hour later, you know, just, you know, the story and. You oh, you're laughing hysterically laugh. like, well, oh, we're yeah. still alive, you know. Well, I did that on a bike trip where I broke down at the base of the Cascade Mountains when my um, voltage regulator went out because I had about two weeks prior to that, my stator went out. And. Putting in a new stator, well, I call the dealership, say, well, you know, you should replace your regular and your stator. I'm like, hey, that regular is working just fine. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes doing well fried, I'm like, oh, it'll be fine because they're not cheap. Yeah. Put the new stator in it, and me and my dad and two other buddies were taking off on a bike trip. And I made it about 200 miles from my house when all of a sudden we start climbing the Cascade Mountains and my volts drop and the battery light comes on. I'm like, shit. You know, we pull off in this little town of Packwood. Dad, you know, they find a little hardware store and the multimeter was fucking like 55 bucks. Mm -hmm. We get back there, start testing it, and sure as shit, that fucking new stator fried that regulator. Mm -hmm. Call Harley, oh, we don't have one. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm broke down on the side of the road. She's like, hey, you know, hold on, let me, you know, start looking. Well, they find one in Yakima, which is like 60 miles away. And, you know, my buddy Dustin starts putting his helmet on. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm heading to Owens and go get that regular. I'll be back in 
four hours. <laughs> All right. Relax. I sat the, yeah. I sat in the gas station parking lot and, you know, my dad and his buddy like, well, you can wash the bikes. We're going to go to the bar to the barbecue joint and we're going to go get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sat there and, you know, the funny thing, I seen this guy go by in a dual sport. You know, he had his rifle case on the side because that time it was elk season. Hmm. He came back, he pulls in, he's like, you were here like two and a half hours ago when I rode by. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, hey, well, you need anything? He goes, I got it. You know, he had a road king. He's like, oh, I'll get parts off if you need. I'm like, no, nah, you know, buddy's going to get it. I said, that's a good deal. We'll be okay. You know, sat there talking to him for a while and, you know, just sit there side of the gas station hanging out. But it sucked at the moment. But it's like, you know what? We repaired it because, you know, I take a small toolkit with me just for those type of reasons. You know, I can turn wrenches and, you know, work my way around most things and got a fix. We ended up down in Oregon, you know, about five, six hours later we planned, but it sucked at the moment, but you get going and you can laugh about it once you're back on the road and it just adds part of the adventure and story to it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if everything goes right, something's wrong. You're sitting there going, something's yeah. going to, what's coming? So what's coming around the corner? But yeah, that volt, if he would have even gone and pulled the voltage regulator off his bike, your new stator would have fried that one too, I bet. It might have. You know, like, they, you, well, when the, when the stator goes, voltage regulator is right behind it. So it's like, just, yeah. just do it, you know? Yeah, but bite the bullet and spend, the, you know, the oh, damn near 600 bucks it would be for both of them. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is. <laughs> but at least, you know, I'm glad that I'd already did the stator because there's no replacing a stator on the side of the road. Mm. At least the voltage regulator, they're down between the, yeah. the frame tubes. And, you know, you can. There's a single plug and a couple screws and you're kind of done, right? I mean. Yeah, I think the hardest part's actually chasing the wires back of battery along the frame rail and getting them all out of the clips. But yeah, two bolts and it comes out and undo the clip and then yeah, chase the wiring harness and get it back in place and set the new one on. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, it comes down to you, you got to have you know a little bit of tools with you. But you know, it's like I got mm -hmm. I got one saddlebag that's pretty much dedicated. My small toolkit, you know, some cleaning stuff, rags and whatnot. Clothes go in the other one and. Yeah, that's just how it goes. So 515 Mustang says, looking to put air ride on his road glide. What are your thoughts? I, uh, this is an opinion. <laughs> I firmly believe that air ride on, if you're talking about one of these high end kits, in my experience and my perception of what I've seen, I'm always trying to say things about people having conniptions. Air ride is more about show than go. It's 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 really about being able to you put a center stand on your bikes, you can pull in, drop it down, and da, 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 it's that whole like custom bagger thing. If you're actually yeah. looking to go for the ride of the bike, then insert name here. You know, there's all these different great manufacturers of, of rear end yeah. shock. I I run the Wilbur's on both mine and the wife has on her CBO. They have they have two different um the sort of stages. Hers or this, I can't remember it's called the 775, whatever. It's their sport shock that's on the CVO. And it's a billion times better than stock. On my Ultra, I run the Neva Mat system, which is their heavyweight thing. No fat jokes. Um, but it's about a bike that has a tour pack and is loaded down. And you know what I mean? It's all about the softness and stuff. And what the Neva Mat does is when you get on the bike and you load it up, it drops down in the rear because that's just the sag of suspension. But as you ride... Right it bounces back up to level. So it like re-levels the bike as you go. And it's fantastic. The, the Florida Turnpike, even though we pay ridiculous amounts of money to 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 pay to hit you know potholes and stuff, I haven't done my front end yet, but the rear end, the bike doesn't shudder anymore. You know what I mean? It just takes the bump. Instead of I can hear my bags go, you know, like the whole ass yeah, of the bike. Bottom out, you can hear it. It doesn't because it takes the job of taking that shock out of the hit. Like it, it, it really smooths it out. So I'm a huge fan of the Wilbur's. We own two sets and I'd never buy anything else, but there are people out there that are obsessed with other brands, but air ride is for show. If that's what you're after, then more power to you. If you want to do that whole center stand drop down, yada, yada thing, that's, that's what you're after. Then go for it. But if you just want to improve the ride of your bike, I, I'd go to a really good suspension system, you know? Yeah, and like you said, there's a ton of them out there. I mean, everybody has their their preference, and mm -hmm. you know, I can think of five of the top name brands, and I think the price difference is, you know, 
60 bucks to 100 bucks between all of them they're yeah. all relatively close it's just you know what what one fits you which one do you want you know these reviews these reviews my friends had these they had these and hey these seem to work good for people i know then hey go that route there's no bad choice is the point i mean like yeah. There's like like the Neva mats are several hundred more than the sports shocks that, that she runs, but that's the whole self-leveling thing. That shit's expensive. You know, like <laughs> the left my left side shock is that big around. It's this massive system in there with valves and bladders and everything else. And the compression as it bounces, it reuses that energy to stretch back out. There's just a ton of engineering in there. Um, I've got friends that have legends, love those. Uh I have friends who swear by the Olean stuff. I have friends who swear by the Olean stuff you buy from Olean's, not the stuff you buy from Harley. I don't know. You know, I don't know if there's any damn difference, but that, you know, people talk. Uh, El Buffalo was on here earlier. He's got a shock company that is less expensive than all those options that he swears by, but I cannot remember the name of the damn thing. If he's still here, you can, you know, type that in, but there's a company that he loves that makes, that makes shocks that he runs. So, well, there's one of the guys up here that I became great friends with. And I know on social media is two wheels to survive. He found the uh, Russ Wernemons, and he freaking mm. loves them. Okay. You know, I mean, Russ started his suspension career when it came with uh, back in the Baja days with Ivan Ironman Stewart and spent his whole life building shocks. Now here a few years back, he got into the motorcycle side of it, and they're right around, you know, competitive price with Legends, and they uh, build them to your specs of, of what you want. And I think it's like a two-week two week turnaround. You call them and say, hey, I want to get these, and – they build them up and everything. I mean, fully adjustable, but they set them up for, you know, your size, your style of riding. So here you go, bolt them on. And suspension have, technology. I know Michael wrote it, loves that. them. So evidently, suspension technology is the one that El Buffalo likes. Yeah, he's running those. I think on his street glide. So, um, yeah, he's and I think he, I think he said they're a lot. They're they're not a lot, but they're less expensive than than others. It's tough yeah. when someone's nice enough to give you the, the suspension for your bike. You you don't want to go try these; they're cheaper. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and that that's it. you know, it's like you said. There's a ton of companies. It's just you know, maybe do your homework and figure out which one you think is going to work for you and go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't say there's a bad one. I can tell you this: the 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 Wilbur's thing I thought was one of the funniest conversations I ever had. So Wilbur's is German. They they they. Uh, they do exalt my hat's getting goofy. I'm sorry. It's it's I bought there's a local chopper builder I love to death, so I'm sporting his gear. He's a good dude. But my bill keeps going pink. But anyway, I'm not trying to look like you know cousin whatever off of uh Dukes of Hazard. Um when they when we were first talking about how you know how to do this, and he said, Well, I'm gonna send you the Neva Mats, there are like flagship that they specialize in like BMW motorcycle racing suspension from Europe, like Moto GP, you know what I mean? All that, all that stuff. So I, I'm on the phone with the boss there, and he says, you know, we're talking through this. And I go, so how do people get, like, the street glide exhaust? He goes, oh, it's the same as for yours. I go, no, no, the shorter shocks. And he goes, I don't make those. I go, well, what do you mean? I mean, like, the, the, the street glide slash road glide standard or special, they sit an inch shorter than an ultra. How, what's the model number for the inch shorter shock? And he goes, I don't make those. I only make the ones that you're getting. And I said, so what does someone with a street glide or road glide do? He goes, raise their, raise their bike an inch. And I'm like, but what if they don't want to? And he goes, then they have bad, ex- they have bad suspension. <laughs> like, it's like, like, there's like, like the, the most, like, like I, the most German answer I've ever heard in my life. He was like, shocks that are an inch shorter don't work. And so therefore I won't make them. That was just it. That was just his, like, yeah. I was like, Oh, Okay, he goes. He goes. Think about it. The bike that you buy, the Ultra, is the the long distance motorcycle that Harley Davidson makes. It is engineered to get on the highway and do thousand mile days. Like that's what it's made to do. What do they do on that bike? They lift the suspension because of weight, because of actual wearing you out. They want more travel, a softer ride. That's what they do. He's like, why on earth would you buy a motorcycle? that has a bad suspension system engineered into it. Like you, 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 you ride at that height because that's the proper height. Yes, sir. That's anything yeah. to say. I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you win. <laughs> oh, so Lori says the suspension technology is 700 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot less expensive. I, I mean, 
I, I, I have to say, I doubt they're, they're going to be as good as some others for half the price. They just, you know, but I'm sure they're, be- I guarantee they're better than stock. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause stock Harley shocks are a joke. So. Oh, they will beat you and abuse you. Mm-hmm. Are you. Are you still the air ride on your bike or were they coil over or what? Yeah. Still the air ride. <laughs> <laughs> but it's different air ride than what, than what they were talking about earlier. But yeah, the, the seals blow in those things and they just settle down and you're sitting on no suspension. Yeah. I mean, my, just before I got it, my dad had changed them because they, his buddy had a street glide and they just put, I don't remember which brand. So they took, actually took the rear shocks off the street glide and put them on, on the, on my road glide just to give, cause you know, guy with short legs, it kind of helps out. So that, I mean, they were a newer set, but I am looking in the future to get rid of them and upgrade. It's it's funny the um uh who someone says oh Sparky says it helps shorter people absolutely true and we had that conversation when I was talking to the guy from Wilbur's I said but well, some people like their bike an inch shorter for for like height you know so they can be flat footed on the ground and his answer was tell them to get a shorter seat <laughs> like like lo- like get a she- get a seat that lowers them down don't 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 sacrifice the suspension on your bike get a get a seat that's an inch shorter I'm like okay. <laughs> Just you know, <laughs> yeah, and that's where I mean, mine everything fit perfect. Then you know, now since I've gone to the wild ass, and now it's like you know, I'm up there a little bit, but I'll tell you what, the comfort of that thing is worth it. And, I like yeah. the wild ass cushions, the the uh, uh, huge fan because I, I like the fact that it's an option, you know, like you can deflate yeah. it and put it in the bag, and then you're going on a long trip, so put a little air in that sucker throw it onto your tush and roll. Like it's not an installation. It's a cushion you put on your rear, you know, like, yeah, I really, I think that's really cool. And they make a hell of a difference, especially if you're doing some long miles, man, they're impressive. And like I said, it doesn't take much air whatsoever in them. You can literally blow it up in your mouth, put it on them. People think you're blowing them up and they like inflate the whole thing and it'll hurt you actually that way. You want very little air in there really. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can blow it up all the way, put on your bike, sit down, and then let some out and let it contour to your own fucking house and mm-hmm. enjoy it. They're yeah, they're cool. They're cool. They they make a they make a lot of they uh uh they save your tailbone. If you're someone like me, I've had tailbone trouble since I broke it years ago. So <laughs> makes a huge difference. Oh, it did for my wife. That was her problem. She'd ride a, the, you know, I mean, I had the Harley Touring seat, but still put so much pressure on her tailbone. We went to the. uh the wild asses, you know, for her and me, and man, it made a huge difference. Someone just said the other day, we're talking about suspension. I was reading the side chat. Uh, what do you think of those, the Wilbur's front springs? And I was like, ah, oh, they're still in a box. <laughs> <laughs> like I did the rear, which is most of it. And they even, they told me that's 80% of it. But um, I don't know why this is, but I have a mental block about getting into my forks. I don't, I don't know. Seriously, like, I don't know what it is. There's not much in a bike I won't do. Forks is one of them. Like, I'll do brakes, brake lines, bleed them, all that, but I don't know why. I just like, nah, I don't want to get into the forks. It's so weird because I have friends that are like, what the hell? Like, but um, I think what I'm going to do is, is uh, it's on that extent. It, my bike has that service plan where the oil changes are prepaid or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think next time I, it needs its service, which is pretty soon, I'll just have them do that when they've got it. Like, just drop the damn things in there. Because what three four hundred bucks? I tell you, I know that's a lot of money for labor. I mean, but for my sanity, <laughs> I just don't want to get into the forks. It's weird. I know. Yeah, I did a set of forks on my old Honda Saber years ago, and they are intimidating. I mean, plus you know you got to compress the spring, trying to get the cap back on, and yeah, I I don't know. That's probably one thing that I'm not super comfortable with myself is wanting to fuck with the forks. It's it's weird. I don't know. I, I I've done apes a million times and. Brake calipers, brake rotors, brake lines, da, 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 you know, which is a pretty big deal, you know, messing with brakes. Uh, I haven't oh, yeah. gotten into the motor yet. I pledged that when I stage two my Ultra that I'm going to do it myself. I've, I've watched the, vi- the install videos a billion times and I'm like, there's nothing on there I can't do. I'm not, I, this is not that scary. I'm going to do it. So I am, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to document the whole things that might be hilarious because I'm an idiot and I'll drop a damn wrench in the motor or something like that. But, you know, like, <laughs> somehow i'll find a way to screw it up you know but where's the half inch socket oh shit. oh boy you turn the wheel and it goes <laughs> <"Kunk."> <laughs> yeah oh well 
That's all part of you know the the fun part, right? I mean, if a guy is you know feels confident, whatnot is, you know, the reward of being able to not just save yourself some money, but you know, be all confident and do the work to your own bike, and you know, you can look back and say, you know what, I did that. I built that. I put this on. I've done all the stuff, and you know, just a little bit of reward you get from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I've had, I had when I did the wheels thing. It was actually Buffalo when I put the wheels on my bike. I've done wheels a bunch of times. And it's 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 not hard, you know. It's really not swapping the wheels on your bike is not a big deal. And it was Buffalo, who's very capable, was like, you know, I've never done wheels in a bike, and I think I might do it now. <laughs> like, it, like I was like, you know, I took that as if you can do it, I know anyone can do it. I got that. I figured out that whole thing from the comment that, you know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's true, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, it, you know, make sure you got you know grease your bearings up good and whatnot, and. You know, whether you're doing doing the tires yourself too, or you know, have them put on somewhere else and or however you want to work it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty forced like our shop up my dad's place. We got the bike lift, we got our tire changer, so you know we had our own do our own tires and you know, we got the nice lift to do the maintenance and everything we want on our bikes, and you know, pretty fortunate to have a, a good little nice setup up at my dad's place. Mm-hmm. All I've got's the bike jack, but it's a good jack. But it's 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 it, I don't have a full lift, but I don't know. I, I don't think that it would matter for doing a cam. You need to be able to spin the rear wheel freely anyway to feel the valve the valve location. So I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. You know, like <laughs> it's. I'm just spoiled because you know, Dad actually recently bought the new one. His has got the air power now, so we don't got to sit there and jack it by hand. But it'll go up like four feet in the air. So bring up what you want. Pull up your chair next to it and. Dive in. He's even got the side skirts that go on it. So if you're working on quads or whatnot, you pull the quad up on it, and it is Damn a pretty me. sharp lift. <laughs> I don't have the room. I just don't. What I need is a 12 car garage and a one bedroom apartment attached to it. That's that's really what I need, you know, to be practical for my life. But you know, families and all, you have to provide them with bedrooms. <laughs> oh, I know. It's like I, I built a three car garage like 12 years ago, and it's too small. There's yeah, too much shit in it. In my subdivision, they build a house that one side it has a two car on one side and another one car on the other. Like the same house has like two, and I'm like, man, the one car could be for whatever they want to put it, and that two car could just be for bikes and tools. Like that, that might work, but then I'm like, that's not big enough. Like I, the overflow <laughs> would eventually in the one car, you know. And then I thought I'd be the one situation where you'd be walking back and forth between your garages because the goddamn ten millimeter socket was on this side, you know, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back and forth with crap you know it would happen yeah oh absolutely that's kind of interesting idea though doing one on either side yeah i'd never seen it before but and look at you look at the house and i'm like are those condos it's no it's one house but it's got two garages that's freaking interesting yeah not a bad idea florida man florida man stuff you know I that just might be detached, and then it more or less became like our our private bar. I mean, we got the pool table out there, the beer fridge, you know, the old Pepsi machine, and oh, it just became bet. our hangout years ago. <laughs> All the neon beer signs, but there's room for, you know, I got the forty seven Willies by the door, and then the bikes are parked there, and oh. it just became more of the hangout than the shop. But you know what? We've had a lot of great memories. It's a lot of fun. We 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 live in a HOA subdivision, like you find South Florida's are all the same. But about five miles away is is Loxahatchee, which, as it sounds, is an unregulated area. You can kind of do whatever you want. There's like a horse ranch is out there and stuff. And it's your last bastion of pure freedom in South Florida. You can just do you can you have the right to bear arms, the right to arm bears out there. I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want on your own property in Loxahatchee. And that's that's our that was our 10 year plan. But having lived in this house for three years ready to escalate the 10-year plan sooner like <laughs> i don't like neighbors i don't want anyone around me i don't want to look at people like i just want to be in my, i want my i want a little house you know for us to live in comfortably and then i want a giant detached pole barn that i can you know air condition and i want a urinal it's important that my that not not a bathroom i want a urinal out open in the, in the open in the corner and and that's what it's going to be like in there i may have to put an actual bathroom in for the missus but Anyway, the, See, that was kind of my plan. You know, we 
did the house. It's like, hey, you know, we're going to be here 10 years and we're going to sell it. Well, we're going on 22 years. And like I said, I built the detached pole barn. I got a 24 by 36, you know, shop out back and it's not big enough. That's cool. That's real cool. Yeah. Paul, three-car garage with an apartment above. There you go. Heck, yeah. And if you think that's big enough, double it because that's what you're going to need. Exactly. That's why the idea of the – we had talked for a long time before we bought this house. We talked about building a metal building and, and living in that, right? So I wouldn't even be the first in my family to do something like that. My sister bought a 1920s restaurant in San Antonio downtown, and that's her home. What am I the hell is going on here? Look at yeah, there you go. <laughs> so um, she bought a 1920s restaurant in downtown San Antonio, and and it had it still had a stage from when it had live bands, and that's their home. They built bedrooms inside it. It's been gutted mostly, but some of the still historic stuffs there. So I was like, I want to pour a slab and build a metal building inside uh, on that slab, and I want to be able to put my RV inside, my bikes, my cars, everything inside, and then I'll build out a home inside the building so that when you open the door, you're like, holy crap, I'm in a nice house. But, but when you walk out where the family room is, it's a concrete building with a projector and a giant screen. You know what I mean? Like that's what I, that's oh, what yeah. I want to have. And I started doing the math and holy shit, that got expensive real fast. I mean, I was talking uh, before this is before the cost of the land, which land in South Florida is insane. 50 grand for the slab another 50 grand for the well another 50 grand for everything was 50 grand like that was just a magic number another 50 <laughs> grand for power you know like and, and i'm hundreds of thousands of dollars into this thing without even having a piece of dirt to put it on yet and and i'm like that's it we're, we have to go the old-fashioned buy a you know what we in st louis we call a stick house but they're all concrete down here because of hurricanes but well, it's like I'd met this old time guy once when I was doing my shop for I wanted to build. He's like, think of the size you think is going to work. He goes, even say if it's 24 by 24, do you think that's going to work for you? Double it. He goes, that's the best rule of thumb. Build any garage which you think is going to work and then double that. Is it is it not true that once you're that far in the 24 by 24, the cost per square foot doesn't exponentially increase? Am I Am I wrong there? Like, no, it's not like doubling right. it's gonna cost twice as much, you know. No, yeah. Especially like with a with a pole barn, because there's you know a few more poles, literally. I mean, the most expensive part of a pole barn, literally, like I said, it's concrete. Yeah. Yeah, this was 50 grand for I can't remember what the size. I'd gone pretty far into it. A buddy of mine is an, an electrician and has just been around, you know, construction his whole life and best friend since childhood. And we sat on the phone for hours talking about what it would take and what it would really take. Cause I'm an idiot. And then pulling some numbers and I'm just like a sticker shock. I didn't even the word. I was like, Holy crap. I have a, 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 a step sister down in Arkansas though, that would, they, they're brilliant. They bought beautiful piece of land in Searcy, Arkansas, which is not far from, from little rock and bought a beautiful piece of land, bought an old mobile home for, I think they paid 2,500 bucks for it, put it Jeez. on the land lived in the mobile home, act as their own GC, acted as their own GC, built a incredible home, wraparound porch. He was up back with his rifle, you know, drinks coffee and fires his rifle on the back porch of the house. <laughs> just hunts like he's taken deer down on his own land. Like it's it just a beautiful home, three bedrooms, et cetera, et cetera. And didn't pay cash for it. There were some loans involved, but very little compared to buying a house. And he's and then they they moved into the house from the mobile home and then sold the mobile home for three grand. Like he lived in it for several years and made a profit when he sold it and then moved into their house. And I think their you know total mortgage was less like less than a hundred on a house worth Shit. five times that at least, you know. So they're just smarter than me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I did my shop. I mean, had, you know, the, the poles set. I had an electrical, you know, company come in and feed the breaker box. And, you know, my dad and my uncle, myself, we did all the rest side of it, did all the wiring and everything and, you know, save yourself some money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, doing wiring electrical actually is not as hard as what someone might think. But, you know, I the fun part, when I did mine, I had 
when I did my ceiling lights, it's like I did the whole electrical permit, which was like pennies on the dollar. And it's like, I wasn't really worried about having the permit signed off. I didn't care. I'm like, I, what are they going to do? Well, the county calls, hey, you have five days left on your permit. Can we come sign off your electrical? Are you ready? I'm like, oh, shit. No, I was nervous as hell because I did it all myself, literally, with, you know, a little bit of help. And I'm like, all right. They come out, you know, he's checking everything and, you know, compliment all the work. It's, hey, sweet. And he gets up in the rafters. And the way I did the wiring for my lights is I'd ran the grounds together and then grounded the very last light of all the circuit for all the lights in my ceiling. He's like, oh, you can't do that. He's like, you're going to have to fix all those and ground every light individually. He goes, then call me back and I'll come back and reinspect it. I'm like, fuck. All right. So I spent like six hours in the ceiling. I'm fixing every, because I did a junction box every light. I get them all done. Call them the next day. Hey, you can come back and inspect it. I'm ready. The guy comes out to my shop. So he fixed all those. I'm like, yep, perfect. And signs it off. I'm like, you're not even going to fucking look. <laughs> I was well, pissed. He must have thought there was a legit safety issue. So, you know, whatever. But but if he, yeah. he's, he just believes you. Good dude to believe you, you know, and not yeah. you know, check you. I remember my, my, my first new home I, I built through a home builder in St. Louis. And and <laughs> my next door neighbor, before I'd even moved in, was an old dude that we ended up being one of my best pals. And I show up to, like, preview the house and and the, the land. I'm sorry, they hadn't even dug the hole yet. And he comes out and he goes, uh, oh, your new neighbor, we're bullshitting for a while. He goes, hey, man, I'll tell you what you need to do. He goes, I'm going to call you when I see a contractor truck at your house, and I'm going to tell you who's there. And then you run out here, and then you tell them what you really want and bring a couple hundos with you. And <laughs> and, and then you, he goes, yeah, that's that, that'll work. And for, what, six months, he would go, electrician's here. And I'm like, and I'd run out there, and I would go, hey, so adding some more lights in the garage, you know, because the home builders four or 500% marking this stuff up if you do any changes or any additions. And, and uh, uh, so like we did all this crap, we did all kinds of stuff. We added some drains in certain places, outlets all over the garage. I had lights everywhere in the garage. I had all this stuff, uh, uh, theater surround system in the ceiling and all this crap. We're doing the final walkthrough. And the builder was irate by the time he got through the house because he was just like, where the fuck did these lights come from? And I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's strange. Like, the, you know, like, and I'm just playing dumb. And and he's just like, he, he, he was mad because I'd stolen basically thousands of dollars from him by by having they having it done on the side that's awesome. and paid cash for all of it. But awesome. I thought he would just not care. He cared. <laughs> Oh well, you you know you made out in the end. Heck with it. But what are you gonna do? Not close? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you want to not close on the house or you know? Yeah. You got you some get paid? You yeah. got some Russians. Why the Russians are in every live stream these days? This is true. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just send me your vodka. You right. <laughs> Let me some bourbon. I don't know. Uh, yeah, bourbon ain't bad. I love vodka though too. I don't know. Well, shoot, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on doing a mile post tonight, there, monkey. It's been a lot of fun shooting the shit and kind of, you know, hearing how you got into everything. Anytime, anytime, man. I, you know, we we are uh, trapped at home a lot of the time, so we we like to jump on live streams, hang out, and comment, even the side chat, whatever, and. You know, have a good time. So, Heck yeah, no, it's been fun. You know, I know trying to you know correlate with your schedule. I mean, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm, I never know when to get home with my job. So, you know, trying to work things out and get you on has, has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, you know, getting to hang out and, and talk with you. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning on. It's been a good time. Don't forget, hey, like and follow, subscribe to the channel for more, and uh, stay tuned for next week's mile post. We'll be coming up on fifty three. Hey, you guys have fun, ride safe, enjoy the road.